raccoon. Well, raccoon's trying to get on our back porch. Mom just chasing him off with a broom. And it's time for the shooting bench. If political incorrectness offends you, or if you don't like guns, or if you don't believe our government is corrupt enough to compare to 1938 Nazi Germany, this may not be the show for you, because for the next two hours, that's all we're going to talk about. You need to understand that there's a storm coming. You need to understand that the storm is building strength. And most of all, you need to understand that we are the storm. Bye. 
rocks if I die. Lord, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go Okay, welcome to the shooting bench. It's the 27th of January, and it's Monday. And, uh, my, what a difference a couple of days make, huh? Just since uh, we talked a little bit about this virus on Friday, very little. And uh, look what's happened over the weekend here. It's really gotten out of hand. We're going to spend quite a bit of time on that this evening. We've got a, a lot of stuff. This is a, you know, there's... So many times we've been warned of different things that everything from Ebola to, um, you know, whatever. There was another one there that was, uh, what the heck was that? Anyway, there's been numerous times that we've been warned of all this stuff and we've gone out and got prepared, done everything and it kind of, kind of fizzled out. Um, it might do that this time. I don't know, but I'm not willing to risk it. Uh, there's every indication that this, could get to be much, much bigger than the ones we've seen so far, and it could be, in fact, uh, catastrophic. could turn into a pandemic here pretty shortly. Um, a lot of unique things about this virus that most of them uh, don't possess, and probably the most dangerous thing, two of the most dangerous things, are um, one of them, you can't, uh, you can be contagious before you ever, before symptoms ever show. And, you know, that's with most of them, you get whatever the symptoms are. You get runny nose, cough, flu, flu-like symptoms, and and on and on, and, and you know you're contagious. But with these, you're perfectly normal. Everything's fine uh, for some time. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but I think it's two weeks prior to you actually being symptomatic. So that could be problematic. When you got people traveling, they think they're fine, everything's all good, and uh, then a week or so later, they wind up with the, how many people have they contacted during that period of time. So we're going to spend quite a bit of time on that. Let me go um, check here. I think all the little, all the little uh, colored lights are bouncing up and down, and and uh, all the pretty little things are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So. I believe we have sound out there. <clears throat> so let's uh, let's go ahead and dive right into this because I think it's important. There's a lot of stuff we need to talk about here. So let's uh, in the first place. One of the thing Amy asked me, why do they call it coronavirus? I don't know. Maybe it come from Mexico or some uh, bottle of Corona. I don't know. So we looked it up, and um, Corona is. Latin for wreath or a garland or something like that. Uh, there's also a Greek word that's similar to that. And if you look at this under a uh, these these coronavirus cells under a microscope, um, they have sort of a a wreath of cells around them, each one of them. 
that uh, kind of looks like it's a little decorative, uh, you know, garland around the around the the cell body. Yeah, uh, so that's that's where the name came from. The novel that they talk, people say, well, is the novel more dangerous than the Corona, or does one come before the other, or whatever? Well, it's the same thing. Novel in in uh, virusology means new. So this is, coronavirus itself is not new. It's been around for quite a while, but this particular one uh, has mutated into something that um, it, it's kind of they've kind of created a monster out of it. And where in speaking of created, well, let's let's get back to what we were talking about for just a second. So the novel part of it is like, well, that's a novel concept. Well, this is a novel virus. It's new. You know, there's certain things, uh, many things in the medical industry and in their, um, uh, what do you call it, their, their talk, their whatever it is, that they, their language that they speak. That's not the word I'm looking for. But anyway, uh, it can be like a, a pacemaker. And Chuck said it could be a novo pacemaker is a, not a new pacemaker. So that's, that's where all that came from. The, I had people here that said, well, we're not too worried about it. You know, it's not going to come over here and all that. I said, I don't know. I wouldn't be too sure about that. And lo and behold, it wasn't even 24 hours before the first case showed up in Seattle after that little conversation. And, you know, the day after that, it was Chicago, and then two of them in uh, California, and then one here in Arizona. So the dangerous, do what? The dangerous part of this was, or is, the... Well, we talked about a while ago, you can have this for quite a while before knowing that you have it. So how can this spread? This is pretty dangerous. You know, a lot of, um, we had another conversation with the same group of people and they said, well, you know, these only last for, you know, 24 hours or whatever, you know, outside the body. And and I know that's not right because you now viruses and bacteria have different uh, properties and everything. But but uh, there are some like MRSA that last can last literally for months outside the body. It is a very dangerous thing. I've had some dealings with that myself, and it's uh, it's no fun. So this. Um, this new coronavirus here is, um, it can last, what well, well, it can go up to seven days. Uh, typically it's around five. So one of my questions was, what about things being shipped from China? Well, usually when things are shipped from China, they are, <clears throat> it takes them, you know, a, a two or three weeks or a month to get here. So from China itself is not probably not going to be an issue. Uh, now, when I say that in the last um, five to seven days, that's on a hard surface, uh, doorknobs and glass and the shopping cart handles and stuff like that. 
if it's on, say, a pair of jeans or you know a napkin or something like that, it doesn't last nearly as long. So things that are shipped, probably not going to be an issue. But the thing about this stuff is everything's an issue. Not not the shipping necessarily, but what about when it gets here in the warehouses and stuff? Because so many people, you know, half the population of the planet could be convicted, convicted infected with this and and not even know it because of the, the rate that this can spread. They say that one person, you know, on average can infect, you know, 14 people or so before... Uh, at least 14 people before it is recognized. So if you get uh, in this particular area of China where this uh, reportedly was originated, they had some big going on over there, a big spring festival type thing, New Year deal going on. And uh, a million people or so left that area right about the time this was uh, being, when it was getting out there. So potentially, using the numbers that we got off of some other reports, potentially there could be 14 million people infected with that with those few people there that came out of there. And not to mention all the ones that's come and gone since. Now everybody that has uh, been discovered that has this here in the States, I think, um, are were travelers from China, and um, so when they got here, how many people did they come in contact with at the airport and on the airplane and at the airport when they got off and family members when they picked them up and wherever they went after that before they went home. Uh, this could be. Um, exceedingly catastrophic if it if it does what they say it could do. So going back to what we talked about at first, do we take this seriously? Is it just another uh, flash in the pan here? When uh, is it all gonna gonna go away? Is it uh, a, a false flag type thing that's taking our mind off of other things? Well, my, I got two things to say to that. Number one, we can't waste time trying to figure that out. It doesn't matter whether it was man-made, whether it was made purposely. We don't care. It was made one way or another. Whether it was natural or man-made, I don't care. We have not got time to worry about that. It doesn't matter. We can't do anything about it. So who cares? But the uh, the other thing is, are we willing to gamble that? Are we willing to say, well, uh, it was fake, so I'm not going to worry about it. If this is as bad as they see it, do we not always say, wasn't that how this viral circle came about, is to be prepared, better to be prepared and, and not need it than need it and not be prepared. Isn't that what we always say? So why would you not do this? The stuff like we've talked about so many times, the the things that we get in preparation for this, are things that we will eventually use anyway. It doesn't matter. So why not go ahead and get them and have them in stock? Things like the the N95 mask and 
and uh, gloves and glasses and stuff like that. We'll spend a little bit more time on that in a second. But it would seem to me that this would be exceedingly stupid to not prepare for this with all the information that we have and then something happened and and um, wish that we had done it because there'll be no turnaround. There'll be no second chances for this. Is it always fatal? No, it's not. Um, it is often for children and uh, elderly, people that already have uh, sicknesses and illnesses of some kind, especially if their immune system has been compromised in some way. But everybody gets very, very sick over this. And uh, the the way this has mutated and, and the way that it kind of does weird things, I don't know if this is not going to take another turn as time goes on here. You see, originally, this stuff was not even supposed to be transferable, transmissible from human to human. You know, animals got it. And humans were not supposed to be able to give it to other humans. Well, that's changed. And now they're just giving it to everybody that walks around that looks like they need to have it. So it's, um, let's talk about some of the ways to, to, uh, protect yourself from that. The, um, you gotta have, you don't gotta have, you should have. A mask, especially when you're around people, um, crowds. You know, I said that I think that it's going to be prudent to stay away from all crowds. Uh, your, your grocery store during peak hours. Your, uh, you know, even churches possibly. You know, where there's lots of people riding buses, riding airplanes. Uh, I think that we should stay away from. From these uh, concerts, um, rallies, any place where there's lots of people. These, these got a big rally coming up in Phoenix here on the 25th of February. If this continues in the manner that it is, it ain't going to be worth it to go down there to me. Because this is, uh, there's no use tempting this, this thing. So the, the mask, the other thing is the mask, they say, may not be as effective as they are on other viruses and stuff. But they're still a whole lot better than nothing. So, yes, you should have masks. The N95 masks are the best. They're made by dozens of different companies. You can get them at Lowe's, Home Depot, Walmart. Uh, Amazon, obviously, is cheaper. But uh, the N95 is the minimum that you want to get. They are, they say right now, Probably effective, although they won't say how effective they may be. If you want to go ahead and step up to something like the P100, that is, uh, they're a lot more expensive. You can buy one P100 for what 30 of the other, 20 of the other ones cost. Uh, the thing about the P100 is it has replaceable filters on it, so the filters are, are less than that. But, um, the P100 is is heavier, bulkier, more expensive. Um, it, it gets inconvenient enough that at some point you're going to choose not to wear it because it's just too much to deal with. So take that risk versus reward. You know, uh, the um, 
having this and it being at least at least somewhat effective is going to be better than not having anything at all. So the N95 mask, they typically they they should come in sizes small, medium, and large. The small fits uh, kids, uh, maybe maybe up to teenagers. You know, maybe some um, women or or kind of you know sickly people with very drawn in small faces. You know, uh, medium will fit most people. Large are for large people with large faces. So large does not fit everybody. Small does not fit anybody. A medium's got a pretty good chance of being uh, usable for most people. They have, uh, it should be, you fit it correctly, you know, you've got the little metal strip across the nose. You, you pinch that down where you can still breathe normally, not restricting your nasal passage there at all, but uh, it helps to seal that. And this should seal somewhat uh, around the edges. You don't put it on just so you don't breathe up through your nostrils. You don't want that stuff coming in around the edges. So if you take a deep breath with your mouth open, so you got, you know, a good volume of air and you kind of feel that mass sucking in a little bit, uh, it, it's probably okay. You can take something like, um, something that's pretty, uh, aromatic, you know, banana oil is what we used in the army, but if you've got something like that that you can uh, put on a Q-tip or a cotton ball or something and and lift put it around the edges of the mask, it should very much diminish the smell, if not uh, completely uh, take it away. Uh, it's it's not designed for gases and stuff, so a lot of the smell still can get through. You want to come not under your nose with the thing and stuff that you're smelling, but around the rim of it, around the edges. And if you smell that strongly, then you need to you know, try to fit it again. If that doesn't work, then you need to change sizes. Um, the whoops, wasn't supposed to do that. Um, if you can get the mask with the, there's an exhaust valve on them. There's a little uh, little one-way valve in the front. They're obvious when you see them. Those are much better. They're a little more expensive, but especially if you're doing something kind of, uh, uh, you know, demanding a little work or exercise or something, walking fast where you're breathing a little faster. The standby just a minute. All right. Sorry about that. We had a chickens going crazy and everything out there. Went out there's looks like there's probably. 10 or 12 elk, right? I hear about 50 yards off the balcony of the house. So fun living in the mountains of Arizona. Anyway, um, where were we at? We were talking about the ways to, oh, the mask. If you have, now, depending on how seriously you want to try to take this, if you have a beard that is big enough to prevent this mask from sealing, you got two choices. One of them, and the smartest one, is to shave it off or shave it down to a point where the uh, the mask will seal over it. On a goatee like mine, the mask will go over it and it seals it fine. Uh, big, but the other choice is, and you're not going to like it as well, is you smear it heavily with Vaseline around the where the edges are of the mask, and it will seal. Generally, um, if it was 
some type of uh, you know mustard gas or something like that, it wouldn't be worth the risk. Whether this is worth the risk to you or not, that's entirely up to you. If you want to do it, that's fine. Uh, but I would say get rid of some of it, trim it up where you can seal, where the mask will seal. So the um, other ways to, to combat this, your standard antivirus, antiviral medicines and stuff, are not working with this. This is um, it's something a little different. Now, it, people are saying that it doesn't even exist, that it's a completely a false flag. Well, it, of course it exists. Whether it exists to the degree that they're talking about, we don't know. Maybe it's many times more. There's a couple of uh, Chinese whistleblowers that have snuck some videos out of China now, apparently. Allegedly, that's where these, these are. Um, if these are true, it is many times worse than what they're letting letting on that it is. So that could also be a big issue here. Of course, it's real. We just don't know how bad it's going to get. I'm not willing to wait and find out. I, I want to be prepared, um, obviously, beforehand. So that's uh that's what i'm working on right now so the other things that uh let's see i told you that it lasts uh the these people that get this information oh yeah it only lasts this long enough these are mostly are people that have heard this from someone else i get most of what i've been talking about i have gotten from medical professionals people that i know and from medical you know cdc and and some other um, uh, verifiable, uh, well, that's not the word, legitimate sources. Uh, this is not just hearsay. These are things that I have researched and, and hopefully that everything is, is correct that I found here. So, again, thing, you know, I've never been a real big fan of worrying about wiping shopping cart handles and stuff. I always thought that was kind of goofy. Uh, for most people, I mean, I understand that there's people out there with compromised immune systems and they can't take that, that risk. But, you know, my immune system is fine and I, I don't worry about the risk. But that's all about to change, especially since there's been a case here in Arizona. If there was one, there is no reason to not to believe that there are many more. So uh, that case was only three hours from here. No reason to believe that one of them couldn't sneak up this way and, and infect others. So uh, we're going to take every precaution here to try to, to get through this safely. So, again, uh, probably the third time I've said this, doorknobs, shopping carts, buttons on an ATM, the handles on the gas pump, glasses at a cafe. Um, it, our, our eating out has just come to a screeching halt right now. Uh, I don't know what's going on back in the kitchen. I don't know how they're handling things. If uh, if someone has this, and as you normally talk, you know, little little bits of spittle come out of your mouth sometimes, and that is enough to um, to infect somebody. If it gets on your skin, you wipe it off with your hands or something, and you wipe off. This can is very dangerous. Your eyes are a place where uh, that are um, a an avenue for this to get into your body. So wrap around glasses 
even if they're just clear safety glasses. Our glasses are all wraparound here because of our shooting and stuff. So uh, wearing clear wraparound glasses when you're around people, probably not a bad idea. As goofy as it may look, we just have to, we have to take these extra precautions. And uh, so in places like uh, Panda Express, where I can see everybody that's doing things out there, the people up front have gloves on, and uh, that's probably probably relatively safe. But even then, I'm not sure. If, if I see, if I hear any cases coming to this area, then even that's off limits. But if you go to any other restaurant, the 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 the, the waitress or waiter or whatever that brings you your water. As many people as potentially could be infected by this, this is going to be a very serious lifestyle change for most people that take this even remotely seriously. Our social life is going to have to change just a little bit of the people that we even allow in the house or on our property. Um like I said, churches, schools, rallies, uh, shopping malls, any place, gas station, any place where there's, where there's people. Um, washing your hands. This is huge right now. I've, I, I think one of the reasons my immune system is so strong is because of the way I was raised, you know, on a farm and all this stuff and, you know, our our kids uh, pretty much teethed out in out in the horse pen. You know, I mean, they were they find a stick laying out there, and, and we we never protected our kids from from most of this stuff. You know, we're just going to let them go out and be kids. If they want to eat dirt, if they think it tastes fine, we'll eat dirt. And the kids are all healthy and and have good strong immune systems. I think that those people that uh, don't let their kids get down on somebody's carpet in, in somebody else's house, that they are destroying those kids' immune systems. And um, But even with that, washing hands right now is going to become a much more, uh, you know, much more frequent thing here for me. At least for the next, probably, we'll, we'll see how the things progress and see what it looks like. But right now, if they just stopped and said, okay, well, we, we are 100% sure that we've isolated every single case ever that ever got out of China, I would still follow these procedures for at least 15 days after they say that. So that anybody that is infected that was not that was not, um, you know, not able to tell until the symptoms showed up. That would uh, allow time for that to take to uh, manifest itself. So I, I don't think that's going to be the case. So I would look at probably uh, an absolute minimum over the next ninety days of developing this new lifestyle. And, you know, even then, it may wind up being much more than that. Is this being paranoid? I don't care if it is or not. You you can think about it what you want. And if you want to be part of the problem instead of part of the solution, then, you know, take your chances. It's completely on you. Don't come to see me if you do. 
but there's uh, there's things that I think it would be prudent for us to do. You don't have to get you know completely. You don't have to freak out and get completely stupid about it. But there are just a few common sense um, uh, procedures here that you can do as common sense things to do to, to help prevent that. You can go down to, and I started using these probably two or three years ago. I've always looked, and I actually mentioned this on the show here probably a year and a half, two years ago. I've always looked for wet wipes that were, you know, bigger and better. Uh, little diaper kids wet wipes just just don't cut it so i found these ones down at walmart the, there's uh they've got the wet ones well they're pretty much standard size standard thickness look for the wet ones big ones these are extra thick a little bit bigger um a little bit bigger uh, dimensions than the average wet wipe a lot thicker easier to use on especially for hands as big as mine and they are antibacterial, and um, of course they all say kills 99.99% of germs and whatnot. But um, says it cleans your hands better than hand sanitizers. And these are they come in a small package, uh, a, a plastic package here of 28, or you can get a, a kind of a tub, a little uh, cylinder full of them, about four four and a half inches in diameter and eight or nine inches tall that holds 65 of them. And they're only about six bucks or something like that. And these single packages here of 28 that you can just throw in a backpack or in your, in your glove box or whatever, they cost about $3, somewhere thereabouts. So have those, use them to wipe down your, your uh, shopping cart handles and, and doorknobs and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and if you don't have the ability to do it in any other way, then use these to wipe your hands down good. They'll uh, do, do just as good a job as soap and water. Use warm, uh, warm water and soap when you're washing your hands. Actually, I don't know. That may not be, that may not be good advice. That's what they always say. But when you're exposed to asbestos and fiberglass and stuff like this, you're supposed to use cold water so that your pores don't open up and allow these, uh, uh, pathogens to get in through your skin i don't know if these things if the coronavirus would do that or not so using soap and cool water may be safer i'll try to get an answer to that for you before wednesday but i'm my money says that it may be safer for you to use uh, a cool water especially if you feel like you may have been um, exposed to this stuff so and for now, that's uh, that's what we'll go with, and I'll I'll verify that through some people that absolutely know about this. Uh, I've, I've got a little more to say about this. We need to take a little break here, and uh, I've got a few more things here before we before we wrap this up. So stay with me. I'll be back. Welcome to Doc's Freedom Files. In a pre-dawn raid, a combined federal and local law enforcement task force executed search and arrest warrants on the rural compound of a cult of religious extremists. Officers recovered explosives, weapons, controlled substances, and other contraband. Additionally, cult members were charged with a variety of felonies, including possession of illegal substances, child endangerment, and animal abuse. 
Food and Drug Administration and Environmental Protection Agency agents added additional agricultural, food safety, and environmental charges. Arrested were Isaiah Edwards and husband and wife Charles Ingalls and Carolyn Ingalls. The Ingalls minor children were taken into Child Protective Service custody. The year? 1870. The location? A Kansas small holding known as Little House on the Prairie, later made famous by writer Laura Ingalls. I present this Twilight Zone-like scenario to you to illustrate just how far we have fallen. If, in fact, a typical late 19th century American homestead could be magically transported to 21st century America, its residents would doubtlessly be astounded and then immediately imprisoned for a far larger variety of charges than listed above. Its tool shed would contain a variety of ditching explosives and unapproved chemicals. The house would have unregistered firearms, and the family medicine chest would contain enough concoctions to send the DEA agents running. There would be unpermitted ditches and ponds and wetlands violations, and if, God forbid, they sold produce or raw dairy products, the SWAT teams would be ready. The children, possibly owning only one pair of shoes, made to study the Bible and help with chores, would be considered abused. Though the kids would almost certainly be highly literate, they would be considered truants, and the list of charges would grow. In the land of the free and the home of the brave, the United States prosecutes and incarcerates more of its citizens than any other developed nation. There is nothing free about this, and a frightened society which believes it's protected by imprisoning so many is anything but brave. In truth, our criminal justice and prison industrial complex has become yet another cash cow racket. Those who cry out for traditional American values should remember these words. In no country is criminal justice administered with more mildness than in the United States. The French writer Alexis de Tocqueville, who toured American penitentiaries in 1831, wrote those words in Democracy in America. In 1831, there were very few Americans in prison, and the country had yet to embark on its neurotic criminalization of everything campaign. One of the measures of a nation's freedom is the percentage of its citizens behind bars. By that standard, Russia and even communist China are far freer nations than the United States. The U.S., with less than 5% of the world's population, has nearly 25% of its prisoners. Are the American people, compared to the rest of the world, especially dangerous, out of control, and in need of shackles? Or could it be that we live in a state cursed with a so-called criminal justice system that has grown dangerous, out of control, and needs to be shackled? Stop looking at our country through rose-colored glasses, friends. Look at it through freedom-tinted lenses instead, and I think the answer is obvious. This is Doc Toops wishing you life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And after she had me to do 
two nurses to hold me and one nurse to slap me. Doctor turned to mama and he shook his head, wiped the sweat off his brow. And then he said, this boy's way up the charts as far as I can tell. Mama, he's a double XL. another segment of the shooting bench right here on the survival circle radio network all right we're back i got a few more things i want to share about this i'm, I'm missing out on a whole bunch of stuff that i had saved for 
tonight, but I think that this is more important right now. And once again, I don't want anybody to freak out and, and get all paranoid here, but I do want you to take some common sense precautions, and, you know, just in case. It's, um, you know, they, they've cried wolf so many times, and we've done things just in case numerous times. Well, this is one more. Uh, what you have to do may be a little bit inconvenient. Uh, it's not going to cost you much money if you mask and, and, uh, and, and have some gloves. You know, the, the gloves, a lot of you have normal size hands and you can get gloves anywhere. But even if you use the regular, uh, examination gloves and stuff, the non-latex type gloves, they tear real easy. I mean, just a you know a sharp corner on a bookcase or a, a table or I mean anything that you touch, they rip. And if uh, and the bigger your hands are, the more the, the faster and easier they rip, the more stretched they are. So uh, there's a couple of things that you can get, and you get them down at Lowe's. And let me see if I can find here on my phone real quick and get the exact description for you. Because these things, I use them all the time. And the um, the last thing we talked about, the wet wipes, and that's one of the things that we use quite often. But these gloves, let me see here, gloves. Where are the gloves? Why do I not have the gloves? There's the gloves. Okay. Okay, these are the ones that I use. I'm sure there's others out there that are uh, probably just as good. But I know very well that these are good. They're exceedingly durable, uh, reusable. I, you know, I wash them out, wash them off, and dry them out, and and uh, wear them more than once. And they, you can operate your uh, cell phone or any touchscreen stuff with them on, so you don't have to, you know, jerk the gloves off to to take a call or anything. Uh, providing you know they're not covered with paint or sewer or whatever, but. Uh, these are, uh, and that's another thing to consider is using your cell phone if you think you're in a contaminated area. So be careful of that. But uh, I get them at Lowe's. I don't know if Home Depot or anybody else has them, but I know Lowe's has them. They're called Venom Steel. They've got a picture of a black widow spider. It's all red, but you can tell by the way it's shaped that it's a black widow. Uh, the box look, kind of looks like steel. It's black with... Uh, Silver strips across the top and the bottom has got what looks like rivets in it. I mean, it's just a just a picture, but that's what it looks like. And they're 70% thicker than regular gloves. So they're not nearly the thickness of, like, the gloves that you use for dishwashing that you use over and over and over until they wear out. But they're not nearly as thin as regular examination gloves. These are the ones that I put in my cert bag and in my truck and all my backpacks and, and everywhere. They're, they're very, very durable, easy to use, easy to t- put on and take off, even as big as my hands are. Uh, if you got little bitty tiny hands, you might want to look into something else because these are, uh, they're not what I'd call large. They're kind of a fits all type thing. Amy wears them. She doesn't have any problem with them. Um, but, uh, I, I would strongly recommend if you want to write this down just for the heck of it, uh, they have, uh, smaller counts of them. They have a box of 50 and they have a box of a hundred. A box of 50 is 10 bucks. And at Lowe's, if you pick them up at Lowe's, the item number is four, 
2-5-0-0-6. And they, they should go hunting with you. And there's also another one that are one level up from these. They're 200 times thicker. And they say, I haven't, I bought my first ones tonight. Uh, they're, they're called, um, Oh, what is it? Uh, uh, they're still Venom. They're still the same color. They're sitting right beside them, and they're more expensive. I paid, uh, what, $17 for uh, 30 of them or something like that. But they're thicker. This is something that you could use uh, when you're when you're needing more, um, you know, more uh, more durability, be able to use them for more things, and they're longer. They go up your up your arm a little more. They're about uh, ten inches or a foot long, so they're you know if you're elbow deep in the blood and the mud and the blood and the beer, well, this would be a uh, a good choice for you. And uh, let me look right here. I can tell you real quick if I just bring this up and bring that up, I get all my receipts from Lowe's by email. Okay, these are splash. These are actually latex. They were fourteen ninety eight for thirty of them. So they're basically fifty cents a piece. They're venom, a thirty count chemical splash latex glove. So fifteen bucks and they're thirty of them. Two hundred times thicker. I think that's a and they're 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 still usable for. Um, you know, more and more detailed work and stuff. So look into that. That's good protection stuff. Now, another way, another thing is, um, well, I already talked about this. You don't really need goggles, full, full scale goggles to get through this. You do need at least wraparound glasses because if any of these particles, any little bit of, of spittle or anything like that, uh, gets in your eye, you, uh, you rub your eye after you've touched something like this. Uh, you, you'll catch it very easily. The uh, the eyes are, you know, you can you can die from poison that uh, certain types of poison gases that get in your eyes. So your eyes need protected very well with this. If you're going to go to the trouble to do gloves and everything, protect your eyes also. Okay, let's see. Did I did I have anything else? Let me double check here and see before I get off of this. I don't want to skip anything. Uh, you know, it's interesting for the people to say that this is all man-made and it was weaponized and it was done on purpose. You know, I, like I said, I don't know. I don't care. It, uh, it it's what's done is done. What we need to do is protect ourselves from it. for whatever reason it got here. Uh, we'll worry about accusations about this stuff later on. But it's interesting. That uh, I have a, a very very dear friend, very well informed overseas. Um, I won't say what country he's in, but he's real close to, to China and Thailand and, and that area over there. And, I mean, uh, um, what's the name of little? Is it Thailand? Maybe it is Thailand. Anyway, it, it, anyway, it's close over there to that part of the country. And uh, he's got, he gives me some very very good information sometimes. So. The and what is this was this started authorities say Chinese authorities say that this was first found in a market in Wuhan, China. I guess Wuhan is how you say it, it's how everybody else is saying it. So twenty minutes from that market, interestingly enough, is the Wuhan National Biosafety Laboratory. 
And this is in a an old, uh, one of its old, but a Chinese military facility, the the Wuhan Institute of Virology, Virology, V-I-R-O-L-O-G-Y, which is also linked to the uh, China's biological, biological warfare program. So here we have another thing that came up here. Trump has beat China at the negotiating table, the trade table, and forces China to sign. Same week, here comes coronavirus. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, but kind of weird. Was that retaliation, possibly? I don't know. But... uh, I let's see. We talked about how long the viruses can live on these hard surfaces. The um, this is oh, I know what we have not talked about that we need to talk about RAT right now, and that is once again, I'm going to claim with a very high degree of confidence that colloidal silver will protect you from this. Now, we saw this very clearly. You can talk to uh, uh, Edge of the Woods. We have strong, serious, undeniable evidence that silver was extremely effective during the uh, uh, swine flu epidemic, or or whatever you call it. There's no reason to believe that it won't work on this. I, I have no information to share with you to tell you how much to take or whatever but i'd say keep your your normal amount at least uh as a maintenance um preventative and if you think you have come in contact with this or if you think you're going to then i would triple that and i would take it morning noon and night and uh it's not going to hurt you if it's made properly you can't take too much. You can waste it and take it when you don't need it. But in this case, now, I, I can't, I, I wish I could make you a money-back, absolute guarantee, no questions asked. And I want to because I feel that I, that I really could. But I will say with, with, like I said, an extremely high degree of confidence that I think that even if you were to contract this, that if you have this silver in your body, you know I've told you for years and years that those of us with silver in our bodies are going to have a better chance of withstanding, surviving a biological attack than those that don't. So I'm going to say pretty, pretty definitely here that if you have this in your body already, that even if you contract this, that the symptoms will be much lighter and get, and, and, and go away much faster with silver in your bodies. For those of you that are taking it regularly every day anyway, then you got nothing to worry about as far as I'm concerned. Um, we have gone through, you know, over and over, we have gone through various types of flus and, and whatnot. And, and I'll tell you for the umpteenth time, when everybody else is missing, you know, a few days, a week, two, three weeks of work, the hospitals are over full of schools or, or people are missing schools and missing work and all this stuff. You know, my kids got the sniffles and, and we never missed a day. And I contribute every ounce of that 
to colloidal silver. So if you're not already making it, you know, buy some, do whatever you need to do, have it on hand, it's going to be worth it. And it's another one of those things you don't just poo-poo and forget about. Uh, you really, really need to consider taking this regularly, regularly like daily, at least daily. I don't know how more, how much more I can emphasize that. That's, uh, you know how I feel about it. We've talked about it too many times. Okay, we've uh, skipped a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to do that I will just have to do on Wednesday. And I have no doubt that Wednesday we'll have some updated information on this coronavirus as well. And uh, remember that this is, other than what the, the uh, colloidal silver bit there, this is not my opinion. I've researched this to a very, uh, I have a high degree of confidence that everything that I tell you is uh, factual and verifiable if you want to look it up. Okay, well, I'm going to get on out of here, and we will see you all Wednesday night, and I appreciate you joining me once again, and please take to heart the things that we have talked about this evening. It uh, it may certainly be a, a life-and-death decision here. All right, good night. Well, that wraps up another edition of The Shooting Bench. Join me Monday and Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific, and again on Fridays from 7 to 10 for The Shooting Bench. Good night, and thanks for joining me. No reconciliation.